Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following reflects neither the policies nor the thoughts of iHeartMedia or its employees. But we think it's probably a good idea to listen to it anyway. Money Sense is a presentation of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. As managing partners of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, your hosts, Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten, are professional financial advisors with LPL Financial with over 75 years of combined experience. They can be reached in their Perrysburg offices at 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com. Also, visit their website at kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Money Sense. Brad Kirsten along with Kevin Kirsten here this morning. Taping the show late after the uh, close on Thursday and a week of a lot of volatility and a week where diversification is now helping. Last week we were talking about it not helping the last few years, but here we have small caps and value having days that really outperform. On on uh, the big update this week with the Dow up about 1,000 points, we saw uh, small caps up 7%. We saw value up about 2% more than the overall market. And, and even on the down days, uh, you're getting a little bit of uh, outperformance. Uh, Thursday was a day with small caps, and uh, in particular, small cap value, uh, having a pretty good day even on a down day. So, a little back and forth here. We'll see where things kind of shape up here over the next few months. But there's certainly value out there, and it is in the what we signify as the value sectors of the market always, uh, the dividend payers, uh, financials being one area that's very undervalued. And uh, uh, anyone talking about uh, P.E. ratios or looking at va- areas of the market that they think are overvalued, it's not the whole market. Kind of the same thing we have with coronavirus. New York City – isn't the same as as rural Ohio when it comes to what we need to be doing. It's the same thing with the market. There are areas that are overvalued, and I'm nervous about them. We have them in the portfolio. They've done well. But there are other areas that have a long way to go. Well, that's absolutely right, Brad. And you look today, say, what, is, what does this diversification story mean? We preach that. That's sort of the 101, you know, if you were going to do a – Financial planning seminar, people throw that up there, diversification. Everyone nods their heads. Yeah. Well, it hasn't worked. Yeah. It's been a handful of names that have pushed the S&P 500 higher. Uh, most of those are NASDAQ names. That's that, that's even higher on the year. And there's been a lot that's been left behind. So to say simply it's been a tremendous rally and we have a lot of uncertainty about coronavirus still, uh, that's all true. The problem is... Many names are still down. Many whole areas of the market are still down 15 or 20 percent. And now we're finally starting to see more broad based participation. You look at today, for example, uh, today, the 
The broad-based S&P is down uh, a little over a half a percent, and the equal-weight S&P is flat. And so that tells you that more names are participating, and maybe some of the names that were high-flying that pushed things higher are maybe slowing down a little bit. So I'm not going to give up the fact that I believe diversification works, and you should have several areas of your portfolio doing different things at different times. And that's really I also the believe I also believe that if you don't look at your portfolio, and let's say I'm throwing a number out there, you have, let's assume you're broadly diversified and you're not utilize, utilizing individual stocks. Let's say you have 15 positions, mm-hmm. okay? If you don't hate five of them, you're not diversified. That, that's exactly right. I, I'm, I'm just throwing a number out there, but my point is you should be disappointed with several positions in your portfolio. Or you're not diversified. Or you're not diversified, okay? And too often people just simply look for what did the best? We harp on that on this show. And then they, they think by diversifying, if I own 15 things that all did well, that that must mean I'm diversified. And that certainly is not. And that's probably something people would need to be looking at now is if you reallocated at the bottom to things that were holding up or started to do well off the bottom, then you probably own a bunch of things that have all done well over the last two months. Okay, now is the time to reevaluate that because those are what what did well off the bottom is the area that going into the start of this year was already a little overvalued. And now we're right back to that overvalued. And so the definition of diversify, we're going to talk in a, a future segment a little bit of things that we as advisors take for granted and kind of talk about a few of those things. I think one of those is that we know that everyone knows what the word diversification means when it, when we're defining it in a portfolio. Right. And I think you give a good definition there that across a, a portfolio, things don't – maybe you have a day or two where things all kind of move in the same direction. But having things that move in opposite directions, zig when others are zagging, even if it, when it comes to bonds versus stocks, but within the stocks and within the bonds, there should be diversification. And if you don't – dislike some of those things in the current moment, then you're not diversified. Well, and one of the things I like to look for, Brad, and you see the S&P 500 down 7.4% year to date uh, and and pretty much holding steady in the last month. Not a whole lot of movement on the S&P over the course of the last month. But look at mid caps, minus 14, small caps, minus 18. That's on the year? On the year, minus 18.8 on the year. Now, one of my favorite things to look for is something with an excellent long-term track record with a poor short-term track record because that gives investors an opportunity to hopefully take advantage for better long-term returns well look at the last one uh look at the year to date over one year large caps plus 6.3 as measured by the s&p mid minus four small minus 10 three years Plus 9.5 average for large caps, mid 4.4, small caps flat. Now, why people? some people might say, why would you even put that area of the market in your portfolio? People might have forgotten this at this point. And maybe, maybe it's not going to be true moving forward. I can't say for certain that it is. However, over the last 80 years, mid caps and small caps have outperformed on an annualized basis the large cap S&P. And it just hasn't happened over and the, over last, the last, last one, three, three and five. five. Five would be true as well. Yeah. In fact, not only has it not happened, Brad, it's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it'll be done forever. I don't know. But if you want to, uh, in my opinion, 
diversifying your portfolio will work, and eventually that will pro- that that will revert to the mean and provide you excellent opportunity to outperform if you remain diversified among all different areas, including international, which we haven't mentioned as well, but that's underperformed for many years compared to the S&P 500. So doesn't mean it'll work tomorrow or next month or next year, but uh, I do believe that that is, it provides value and it, and it will, it, it should also smooth out the bumps in the road under normal market conditions. And I'm seeing more of it when we take over portfolios. There was a there was a time where I di- didn't have to really run an overlap analysis to show someone. Okay, you have you have ten funds. Every fund owns the same thing, so you mm-hmm. really only have one fund, right? So, it, it, knowing how to be diversified, that you don't have, it's not that all your eggs are in one basket. Yet you have the same basket is what it is, and so it, it, you have. You have eggs in different baskets, but all the same baskets. And uh, so you just aren't accomplishing a whole lot. Right. And on the other side of uh, things for the year this week, uh, Brad, you look at fixed income. The aggregate bond index is having one of its best years ever, up 5.1% already year to date. That obviously cannot continue forever. Uh, When you look at Fixed income portfolios, your starting yield determines 95% of your return, and those starting yields are as low as maybe they've ever been. Um, Certainly someone can look and look at their risk profile and say, I don't care, I want to be in fixed income. Uh, Well, if you can get to your long-term goals, owning a 10-year treasury at 0.6% per year, then by all means, you should do it. I just don't know a lot of people who, you know, think about what that is. You got a million dollars, it's... it's, uh, $6,000 $6,000 a year mm-hmm. <laughs> on a million dollars. So I don't know a lot of people that can live on that. Or uh, plan to if yeah. they were saved a million dollars. You'd have to have $10 million to get $60,000 a year. So you you certainly need exposure even in retirement. And what does that mean? You say, well, even if I need exposure, the problem is when the risky times come around, people say, yeah, I, I know you said I needed exposure, but not right now. Yeah, I I didn't want exposure during this. Well, it, it really I didn't want exposure. It to doesn't th- matter if you're reallocating from one stock to another, or stocks to bonds. The thing you're moving into, if you're doing it at the right time, you should hate it because naturally it should make you nervous. It should make you nervous if it's. I suppose I, I'm just saying if you're contrarian, it's, I'm just saying it shouldn't feel great. It shouldn't yes, feel it's, great. Should be you're good. buying the S and P when it was down 35 percent. At one point, from high to low, yeah, it shouldn't it feel should not great. feel good. The and s- the same with bonds right now. If if you have a bond portfolio up five point five, and you're moving into one of these sectors that are still down thirty, that doesn't feel good. But it never does. And I think that's that's the point. There is never a time where if you're making the right move to sell high and buy low, where it feels good. It's going to feel like you're doing it at the wrong. You're doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have to do a little bit over time. And when markets are volatile, you just continue to rebalance and continue to just do a little bit of this 2 to 5% of the portfolio, and then it feels a little bit better. It doesn't have to be a whole wholesale change to the portfolio and to eliminate something like technology out of the portfolio. No, just continue to trim back so you don't have too much of it. The reason why this is so difficult for investors, Brad, and, and when we're at market extremes – and there's never been a better example of that than 2020 market extremes. 
up almost 8% on the year, down 35%, uh, and then up 30 People listen to our disclaimers when we do run this show. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Now, I don't. let's not gloss over that. Just for a second, let's talk about that for a minute because psychologically, the reason why investing is so difficult. I would actually argue investing is not that difficult for, for most people, but the reason why it is difficult is, and we, we often play that George Costanza quote in Seinfeld about doing the opposite. But the other thing is when you talk about past performance is no guarantee. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Key of future results. Investing might be the only area of your life where past performance is no guarantee of future results, okay? In fact, everyone else that you hire, everyone else that you work with, everything else that you do, the past performance is kind of the only thing you can look at, mm-hmm. okay? But if you look at a large-cap value right now on a year-to-date basis, and it's down – 18% year-to-date still, large-cap value, the index, well, that past performance is terrible. Does that, number one, there's no guarantee that, that it'll be down or up, okay? But does that mean you should eliminate large-cap value? Well, no. But however, if you were going to hire a builder to do a remodel on your house, and he, and he came in and he said, well, the, the last three that I did, I burnt the house down. I'm due. I'm due for a good one. Yeah. No one would listen to well, that. Well, I'm thinking the uh, the last dance for Michael Jordan is in uh, is out now, and everybody's watching it. Do you think that at the end of the game they were thinking, "Well, Jordan continues to make these game winning shots. He's due to miss one. Let's give one to Cartwright." Well, they did give one to Kerr, and he did make it, well, <laughs> and Paxson, but not Cartwright. They're yeah. not going to give it to Cartwright. Yeah. So I mean, it just you would never do that. But here we are, where. Uh, it's it, it it has to be the opposite in in stock and bond because they 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 do only go up so far and then there's a little bit of retracement they do only come back to what the averages are if they're trading above averages for very long we're talking about broad sectors or asset classes then eventually it's a reversion to the mean and the same goes with trading under the average. That's Eventually, right. there's a reversion of the mean, and there's some there's some catch up. Now, sometimes it goes further, sometimes it goes years, but eventually, we always have had that reversion to the mean. Stocks and bonds, asset classes and sectors, it always happens. And if you get your risk right, and that's that's all we really do here is manage risk. If you get your risk and your time horizon right, Brad, then then what did what happened in March because of the coronavirus in the market doesn't matter to you. If you have your money set aside for your needs, if you're retired for the next two, three, four, five, ten years in either cash or fixed income that held up, then what happened in March doesn't matter to you, okay? And if you're saving for retirement and you're 45 years old or 50 years old and you have 15-plus years to retirement and you felt like, boy, that was a big drop that might set me back, it doesn't matter because if you have the time horizon, then you look at history 
things things will go back. Things will recover, and you'll be adding in, by the way, dollar cost averaging through your 401k plan at those lower prices. So this kind of brings us to our next discussion. So let's take our break, and when we come back, I think even for the fully invested in, in investor, full, fully invested in stocks, you're in the middle of that downturn, and you think – and I even had this comment when we had the we had a ten percent down day. I had somebody say, "If it continues like this, I'll be out of money in X number of days." Well, it can't continue like that. There is a worst case scenario, and let's talk about what those worst case scenarios are for a hundred percent invested portfolio, or for various things, a, a diversified portfolio, or. Some of the things that we're hearing that people are thinking about investing in. Let's talk about what your worst case is so that we can determine, is that appropriate? Is that enough? And that's how you can you can get some comfort to stay invested when things look as bad as they did two months ago. So let's talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Money Sense, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, Kevin Kirsten and Brad Kirsten. Happy to be with you this morning. If you want to get in touch with us throughout the week, give us a call at our office, 419-872-0067, or check us out online at kirstenwealth.com. There you can follow along uh, to our weekly market commentary and also uh, sign up for newsletters, and there's a lot of good financial information from our website, kirstenwealth.com. Brad, this week on the weekly market commentary, downside risk remains. Well, you guys always sound pretty positive. Why would you write something about downside risk remains? You always have to look at the downside, even if you are positive. And also, it all all depends on your time frame. Once again, downside risk over what time frame? Mm-hmm. I would never write something that says downside risk remains over the next 20 years. No, I would never write that. Okay. However, you do have to pay attention when the market has rallied so much off the bottom. What are the risks? We mentioned elevated valuations, price to earnings, what are companies earning, and what are companies valued at. That in the end, that's what companies, that's how their value values are determined in the stock exchanges. Yes, it's gotten expensive. At previous inflection points, for example, after the 2008 financial crisis, Brad, there was a huge spike in valuations because earnings went to zero. Okay, so. In the in that moment, we're not going to really know until we get some sort of settling down of this economy in in terms of where are we going to settle? Are we going to settle? Uh, yeah, you almost earnings? have to wait a couple quarters That's before exactly you know what the right. realistic exactly number is going right. to be. What's the Fed going to continue to do? That's something that we point out in this article. Uh, what are the U.S.-China relations going to be moving forward? What's going to happen? Worse. worse. I, I'm going to say worse. Worse. And, and how bad exactly? Uh, so – have a little short-term caution if you, you know, the folks that were either sitting on cash on the sidelines and didn't jump in when that volatility was occurring, or maybe you got out, unfortunately. Uh, certainly, it's not the time to be jumping in to, with both feet. How many 5% sell have we had on the way back up? We've had at least three. That's right. That's right. So, I mean. With the S&P trading pretty close to 3,000. It's probably fairly valued, uh, certainly not cheap like in it the was short term. when the S&P, in the, short term, in the yeah. when the S and P was down at twenty two hundred. So you know that downside risk headline in our weekly market commentary on KirstenWealth.com brought me to a a, a thought and a com- and a and an article that I read earlier in the week, and I thought it was a great article, and I just kind of disagreed with every everyone I was reading. I disagreed with their 
conclusion. And it was somebody from The Motley Fool that was talking about how he was on a ski team in the early 2000s um, with some friends. And long story short, they were skiing out of bounds somewhere uh, near Lake Tahoe. And they went up, they skied out of bounds, they skied down. And the one guy decided not to go back up. And the other two friends of his went back up and skied down on the, in the out-of-bounds area and got caught in an avalanche and died. And real long story, but the conclusion was uh, talking about tail risk. And what does that mean? Tail risk is all that matters. Meaning, going into this current crisis, we were talking about interest rates and the Federal Reserve and valuations. But the only thing that really mattered was the black swan type event or the, the worst case scenario type event that's all that that really mattered all these little things that we worried about never really mattered that much but the the worst case scenario was all that mattered and so i think that they kind of hinted at that in the article and i agree that the worst case scenario matters but here's the problem and all these and even if you all these sort of financial elites brad will put that out there like oh the only thing that matters is the worst case scenario well it, that's such a binary thing in that ski example because yeah. the worst case scenario was death. Right. So that's like going to zero on an investment. Right. Okay. Right. So and that's not everybody's worst case. But, and scenario. this particular guy who wrote the article is a very emotional article, but he talked about how uh, he never really priced that in to all the risks he was taking when he would go out skiing, and that that's probably true. But the problem is he never factored in that he could die when. He was skiing out of bounds. And I think a lot of times, and this this works on both ends of the spectrum, and you and I were throwing around some of these things. When it comes to risk, because this was a, a, a someone who wrote for The Motley Fool, so he was tying it back to markets. Mm-hmm. When it comes to risk, that's all fine and good. You need to figure out the worst-case scenario. The problem is some people think their worst-case scenario is zero when it isn't yep. in terms of investing. Exactly. Some people think their worst case scenario is not to go down at all when it is zero. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and they don't know the difference. And some people think that your diversified portfolio and the investment that they're suggesting are the same worst case scenario. So so tying it back to the skiing example, and this guy was obviously a tremendous skier. And he says ever since that incident, even when he did ski, he takes a whole lot less risk and he takes a lot less risk in his life because that happened. But here's the problem. I've never been skiing out of bounds, Brad. I'm pretty sure you haven't. I've never been to the no, top of the mountain. I have not. I have not. I'm the Bunny Hill skier. Yeah. Okay? So although this person who wrote this article realized after the fact that he had a risk of dying, okay, I know I pretty much never have a risk of dying. Right. Because I'm going about two miles an hour. Right. <laughs> if I've ever skied. So when people are are talking in that sense, they have to realize where they are. Like, he was writing this article like everybody had his level of skiing. Right. Okay? And and but I do think that people don't understand where they are from a risk standpoint, okay? In their investments. You might be skiing out of bounds in your investments and not know it. Or vice versa. Or you, you, you might, might think you're skiing out of bounds and you're on and the bunny you're hill. Not even close. <laughs> and you're not even close. Yes. So and we do have we do have those too. And, and I think people would listen and say who, who would think that? We have we have investors that email us who have nothing but a investment grade bond fund. And when the market hits the skids, they're concerned. And they they have a position that worst year ever is still single digit negatives. And 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 th- but they feel 
like that negative five is the same as somebody else's negative 40. Brad, the aggregate bond index from, get this date here, from March 6th to March 18th dropped 11%. Okay, so you might have thought you were skiing out of bounds in your aggregate bond index, but you really weren't. And so someone might say, well, wait a minute, it dropped 11% in uh, 12 days. If it keeps dropping 11% every 12 days, I'll lose all my money in the aggregate bond index. In 10 days. In 10 days. Yeah, that, uh, and I know some listeners would say nobody would think that. Yes, they do. People think that. That's and why also, people bail, because they look at the dollar amount they went down or the percentage they went down, and they just say in their head, if it keeps going, I'll go to zero. Okay? That diversified portfolio. That would be like saying, by the way, Brad, you're at 35,000 feet and you're pre- preparing for landing. Yeah. And you drop 5,000 feet every two minutes. Well, at that pace, you're going to crash. We're going to crash. We're going to crash. Yeah. No, you don't understand. There's a, there's a pilot. Yeah. There's a plane with or, fail-safe no, systems. No, I'll, I'll go you one. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's, all, it's like the takeoff. It, we're going up by this much every couple minutes at this pace of increase. We'll be on the moon. <laughs> and, and obviously that doesn't happen. And, and not taking into account that there's a plane and a pilot. And so someone owning the aggregate bond index, and this is, this is our analogy to someone who's on the bunny hill and doesn't even know it. Right. Okay. Might have thought, well, it dropped 10%. And now, by the way, it's, it's recovered. It dropped 10%. I must be skiing out of bounds, and I don't know That's it. That's right, yeah. But the underlying investments in the aggregate bond index are 70% U.S. treasuries. Yeah, yeah. So, and so sometimes, even on the bunny hill, you get going kind of fast, and all of a sudden it levels off. And even if you fell, it wouldn't hurt that bad. Okay, so let's talk about a few things here. Where, where are your investment equivalent to skiing out of bounds? I think individual stocks at a certain level, are skiing out of bounds. But I'm going to go one further. Buying individual stocks on margin, skiing out of bounds. What because, does that mean? What does that mean? Okay. What, is, what is on so margin? You're, you're, bar- you're borrowing. You're borrowing to buy the stock, okay? So you put in $1,000, but you buy $2,000 worth of stock, okay? Now think about what that means. It means if 
you own $2,000 worth of stock, and you say to yourself, well, that stock can't go down by 50%. 50%. Well, if it did go down to 50%, you'd be at zero. You lost all your money. You lost all your money. Okay. So while you're right, that stock has never gone to zero. It doesn't have to go to zero if you're buying on margin for you to go to zero. The same is true for, say, real estate. You're buying all your real estate on margin unless you're paying cash. And so say you're, you're going to do an investment property or a rental property, and they let you do 30 now, and you have a million-dollar property. 30%. Yep. If you're forced to sell and you're selling for 30% less, so your, your million and your price tag is 700000 that you're that you're forced to sell at, you have nothing left. You put in three hundred, and you have nothing left. You went to zero. Okay. That's people, a, by the way, people do that all the time. And that, but that's skiing out of bounds. But I'm, my, those, can go to zero. People do that all the time, and they lose all their equity in in some speculative real estate investment. And those same people are like, "Yeah, but the stock market's too aggressive." Like what? Right. You you, you didn't have any problem yeah. <laughs> losing all your money in that ridiculous real estate yep. investment but stock market's too aggressive options are a go to zero okay you're buying an option you're, you're speculating that it's going to get to a certain price and that price is going to be higher than the option you bought if it doesn't by that certain date you're going to zero okay those are all skiing out of bounds okay some people think that not buying on margin but i'm buying individual stocks are the same as a diversified portfolio they are not i'd call that the black diamond of the investments okay that's the double black or the black diamond depending on how aggressive the stock is obviously you're buying a a a blue chip dividend payer it's probably a a green hill and you're buying a a new ipo or a a a stock under five dollars because you think it's going to turn around or a stock with high leverage uh yeah that's probably your double black and i guess a a black diamond in michigan is not the same as as we were told last weekend from our our friend who was from new hampshire uh he said that 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 that's your hill he said that that's not a, that's not a that's not a ski hill, no. um, but so yeah, you're in Colorado or Montana, though that's probably a, a little bit different, and that's the same as buying a speculative individual stock versus a established. But Brad, individual any stock individual stock can go to zero. Can go to zero. Anyone, any company. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You take a look at what the Dow holdings were, or you take a look at what the largest ten companies in the S and P five hundred were from decade to decade to decade. Every decade has a top 10 largest company in the world that went bankrupt. The most recent is the financial crisis and AIG and a few of the others went bankrupt. But you go all the way through history, and a company that was top 10 is now zero. And you look at it now and you think, Sears Roebuck? I of course I would have known that. I no, you never, wouldn't have. I would have never picked that investment. Yeah, I would have never bought that railroad thinking <laughs> it, it, eventually we wouldn't be using that. I would have never bought Kodak. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I would have known that we weren't going to do Polaroid anymore. Yeah, right. I knew that. Yeah. No, yeah. you wouldn't. Not in the moment. And so it doesn't really matter what individual stock it is. If it's an individual stock, it can go to zero. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that that is the skiing out of bounds. The bunny hill is the diversified portfolio. The bunny hill is the 60 stock, 40 bond, or the 50-50. And the worst case scenario for individual stocks over the last 75 years is negative 39 in a one year calendar year the worst case for a 50 stock 50 bond portfolio on a calendar year is negative 15 a big difference between negative 39 and negative 15 and then the skiing out of bounds in that example is going to zero because stocks go to zero all the time and if you're margined even more often 
can your portfolio go to zero? So know where your risks are. Know that you're skiing out of bounds and that the chance is zero. And then know why you're diversified, why you're staying diversified, why you're reallocating your account to make sure you stay diversified and that you don't get too far over your skis when you're concentrating your portfolio in an area that's done too well. Let's take our next pause, continue this discussion. When we come back, you're listening to Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back. Back, you're listening to Advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Brad and Kevin here with you. If you're ever uh, not listening live on uh, Saturday mornings, you want to hear our podcast, pull it up on wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcast or uh, the iHeart Podcast, and you can type in Kirsten Wealth and find it and subscribe. And by Monday of every week, you'll hear our new shows on there. Before the break, Kevin, we were talking about knowing what your worst case scenario is, knowing if you're skiing out of bounds with your portfolio. And I mentioned the worst calendar year, but let's talk about even a diversified portfolio over a longer period of time, a 50-stock, 50-bond portfolio has never had a negative five-year. The worst five-year return is 1%, and that's not on a calendar year. That's a rolling. A rolling five-year average annual return, 50-stock, 50-bond, the worst is five. If it's 100% stock, the worst is three. So even sometimes we'll talk to some of our friends when the market is selling off, and they'll say, you don't seem worried. And what Sometimes I say, would it help? And other times, I, what I really say is, because I know what happens. And I mentioned earlier that uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about what some things that advisors take for granted or things that advisors know that maybe, maybe we assume everybody knows. And one of those is what happens after historic declines. This sell-off that we had in the month of March was historic. It was biggest one we'd had since... 1987. It was uh, when you take a look at even the bond portfolio or a a 50-50 portfolio, it ranks up there with the biggest sell-offs ever because at the the end of this sell-off, even bonds sold off a little bit. And not a little bit, bonds sold off a lot. And so even a diversified portfolio was off. But after those historic declines, we know that the biggest returns come. And so it does give you a little comfort to be able to reallocate and move, move risk around and know what's coming? Do we know where the bottom is? No, but we know what's coming. It's one of those things that if if we were to assume everybody knows, we would we would get it wrong because I think people do think always this time it's different and uh, what it feels like when you're in the middle of a sell-off uh, for some people is is always brand new for them. Yeah, I mean, it it's one thing to talk about as you're planning what what the ups and downs of in your investing life were going to be, but when you're, when you're experiencing it, it certainly is something different. And I don't, I don't discount that at all, but still the most important thing is getting your risk right. And also getting your time horizon, right. And also acknowledging the fact that even in the fixed income world and the aggregate bond index dropping 11% in 12 days has never happened. Okay. So there are the outsides events. Are you going to be the one that panics uh, in those types of situations or not. Uh, and, and so if you're the type of person that would panic and sell out, then you shouldn't invest in the first place. You shouldn't even start. You shouldn't even start. Yeah, no. shouldn't even, You shouldn't go in and cross your fingers and hope it and works out. And a lot out. of times that's what I'm saying to someone when they say, what I really want to do is, is I want to sell everything and move it to cash. And when, when things calm down, oh, well, we'll get back in. You'll get me back in, right? And I say, if that's what you want to do, then, then you should get, get out. 
and never get back in. Correct. And we were talking about that back in March. If somebody needs to get out right now, you should probably never be an investor because you'll always underperform. Because the next time the sell-off happens, you'll do it again. You look and at that long-term chart on my wall, Brad. The yeah. only way to get that far-right gain on the chart is to have lived through all those ups and downs. To be fully invested for all of it. For all of it. Yeah. You're, you don't get that. I think it's 9.8 annualized on the chart for 90 years. Yeah. You don't get 9.8 by jumping out ever. Right. You you don't. If, if you were jumping out and you got it right, if you were jumping out and jumping back in, you're, you would actually be better than the 9.8. So what you're saying is, if we've looked at it, we t- you know even the the articles that talk about the mi- the missed days, but if if based on your psychology of not being able to take it and jumping in and out, if your average per year return is going to be two, then why wouldn't you put buy an investment that'll get you to without without, without all, all the worry without all the stress, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so th- that's really the whole point of that. No, don't 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 think we're going to get out, and you're going to have the mindset that. When things calm down, stock market's going to be lower? Does that make any sense to you? No. If that is what you think is going to happen, probably give, should not give be an me, Give me the best – Just and let's just do it more with a, uh, uh, a, a thick crayon, but not, not necessarily a pinpoint. Give me the best months with your knowledge of history of markets – Give me the best months in the last 80 years to have been an investor. March of, of 2000, or I'm sorry, March of 2003, March of 2009. Let's start with those two. Let's start yeah, with those two. Those two. March of 2009. Were, did it feel good Oh, to no. invest then? Oh, no. Were, were, it didn't feel good on the first day, the 15th day, or the 30th day. It didn't feel good on any of those days. Was it calm? No. Were things calm? No. No, not at all. So here's the thing, though. You thought, if you were an investor, back to our skiing analogy, yeah. you thought at that time that if you own the S&P 500, which, by the way, I'll start by saying if you own the S&P 500, you're already not skiing out of bounds. I agree. You're not I skiing totally out of bounds. Agree. But you thought you were skiing out of bounds because it had dropped so much. Yeah. But here's the thing. It had already dropped. Yeah. And so you thought, because it was scary at the time to invest in the S&P, you thought you were at the top of the mountain. Yeah. What you didn't realize is... You hardly had any risk. You were at the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. You were already it's down. almost done. You and were... even though you're on your way down and it, you, you just came over the last hill and it's really getting out of control and you're starting to think, did I go the right way? I might be out of bounds. Yes. You're not. You own 500 stocks. You own the 500 largest stocks in the United States. You're not skiing out of bounds. The S&P 500. Will compliance be mad if I say it can't go to zero? Well, the, Never. Let's say never has gone. <laughs> okay, to <zero>. fine, fine, <laughs> fine. S and P five hundred not going to zero. I can't believe that could possibly be a compliance issue. However, yeah. But sometimes people think that's skiing out of bounds, and it's not. It's not skiing out of bounds. Now it might be skiing out of bounds if if you need your money in a month. Yeah. Then it is skiing right, out of bounds. Right. But it's that's not just like the the real estate investment. Okay. If you hold it, you're probably fine. But some people are forced to sell because they can't even make the debt service payments. I can't even pay the the, the, the mortgage because I can't rent it out, and therefore I'm forced to sell it. And then you go to zero. Mark, if you Mark, need the money in your in your S and P 500 investment, not a recognition by that or any other stock we've mentioned the entire show, satisfy compliance. Not a recognition of buy or sell anything that we've we've mentioned. But if you need it, then it could be bad for you. It could be that you're going to lose money. So it might be the same investment. could be good for the person sitting next to you who's got a 10-year time horizon. It could be bad for you because you need it soon. That happens even with individual stocks. You could own the best stock out there right now. We all have that stock in mind that you know is doing well. 
And somebody else might hate it because they bought it January 1st and sold it on March 23rd. They hated it. They, 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 worst company ever. They, they think it's the worst <laughs> company ever. And you've owned it for 10 years and you think it's great. Or you bought it in March and you think it's great. You mentioned that March. Happens all the time. You mentioned March of 2003 after the uh, technology bubble burst. We were going, we literally just started going to war. Yeah. Started firing missiles uh, into Iraq. Boy, that didn't seem like a good time to invest. And it was. 1982. After the recession in 1982, we're coming out of the stagflation era. Interest rates were through the roof. Mm-hmm. The economy was terrible. Unemployment was like 9%. Pretty good time to invest. When were things calm? When were things calm? Yeah. Uh, probably after that. Like two years after September that. of 87. <laughs> right. Right. He, Brad's laughing. because that's great. <laughs> yeah. S&P was up 40% going into the 87 crash. Yeah. Uh, 40% year to date. Okay. Uh, after the Great Depression, that was a good time yeah. to have bought. And I know it's a completely different era, but 1929, 1937. You know, the times to buy are not calm. No. Why do people think that? I have so, no idea. When it, yeah, and, and that's really the point. When things calm down, it will be the worst time to own stocks, and we'll be thinking about selling them just as you're thinking about finally coming back in. And so th- you have to have that mindset. Let's shift gears a little bit for the last two segments. Um, yeah, let's let's take our let's take our next break, and then we'll come back. But the point is, Brad, throughout all of this, and we harp on this show, but when you're in retirement or preparing for retirement. There's two things you got to get right. You got to get the time horizon for your money and you got to get your risk tolerance right. You need to be in a portfolio and a plan that you can stick with. The most important thing that we talk about that we can do for clients is what will you stick with? Not what will do the best. Because I'm sorry, over the next 20 years, owning all stocks will do the best. Yeah, there's, there's somebody older that can ski that hill, but there's also somebody older that can't take Doesn't it. Doesn't matter what will do the best. Yeah. It matters what you what plan you can stick with. And if you don't have a plan and you don't know if you're on the bunny hill or you're skiing out of bounds, give us a call at our office, 419-872-0067. we got one more segment, Brad. When we get back from the break, we'll get to it. You're listening to Money Sense, Kevin and Brad Kirsten. We'll be right, be right back. And welcome back. You're listening to Brad and Kevin Kirsten, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Kevin, a couple times throughout the show here I've mentioned talking about things advisors know or things that we know that we kind of take for granted. You get that in all industries. We have, we have a couple real – we have a couple friends that are real handymen, and, and a couple have come over to your house and are like, hey, go get me the – I can't even think of the tools they're asking you to go get out of your garage, and you have nothing. You're saying I'm not handy? I, I'm saying there are a lot of people like us that don't have the tools necessary to do a, a job at the house like some of our friends do. Or we were up – Maybe I just like – I like – tools are expensive. <laughs> well – I just like to invest the money instead. That's true. That's true. But it doesn't matter. It's, it's not our fault that we're not equipped to do some of these projects or I'm not equipped to work on my own car. But I don't really want to be. But it's the same with this. There are some people who come to us because they're like, I, I don't even want to know. Okay, I want to enjoy my retirement. I, I want to know just enough well, even to the, know even, what I own and what you're what talk, doing. Even what we were talking about before with the S&P 500 and saying, you know, it's 500 of the largest stocks in the United States and it's not going to go to zero. And people will say, well, you know that. How right. am I supposed to know no, that? No, right. And, and, and of no fault of their own. Right. And, and even with some of this other stuff, sometimes it's just putting things into perspective so that it's easy to understand for, for a, a client or an investor. So that they can kind of comfortably stay invested. You should educate yourself as much as possible, Brad. And I think what happens too, by the way, this is both ends of the spectrum. People use that, 
you know, just, we often say, well, we take that for granted. We got to talk about that on the show. We take that for granted. We got to talk about that on the show and, and, and getting that knowledge out there. But I think a lot of times what a lot of advisors will do is they'll use that sort of they know that people don't know, you know, like, for example, the S&P example, and they'll use that fear. Yeah. To get people to invest in something that they shouldn't. A product. A that's product. That's going to solve that problem. That's going to solve. That will probably never happen. That will never happen. Yeah. Correct. Okay, so let me talk about two more for, for the end of the show. One, I think a lot of people know that they should wait on Social Security. They know that. But occasionally I will say something to the effect of, if you wait, you will never be alive to know that wasn't a good decision. Right, right. And just putting that into perspective, that there will never be a day that you are alive where you will have said to yourself, I should have taken Social Security early. Oh, I completely agree with this. If you wait. This this is like a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Because people, when they're talking about the Social Security example, they're spending all their time trying to make sure that their deceased self isn't angry at them. Right, right. (laughs) If you die early having waited – you, you're going to be fine with it because you won't be alive to not be fine with it. Right. The only situation where you'll be mad about your Social Security decision is if you outlive it. You just said, I wish I would have waited a year or two or till 70. And then for the rest of your life, you'll be happy that the check is bigger no matter how long you live. Okay? So I think – And if you're the larger of the two Social Securities, by the way, and your spouse is still alive, you still helped your spouse. Yes. So you – It's only your deceased self that's angry. And only – yeah, only, and only your living spouse that will be angry right. <laughs> that you didn't wait. <laughs> right. So there is no one you're going to upset. Right. Okay? Right. There's no one living that's going to be upset. It's it's only your deceased self and your living spouse that will be upset. So yes. so think about that when we're, when we're thinking about delaying Social Security. I want to give you another one. Uh, a client to- told me that uh, Bill O'Reilly was talking about the CARES Act and talking about the fact that Roth IRAs – Bill O'Reilly thought everybody should be liquidating the Roth IRAs because they're penalty-free and tax-free this year. Well, Roth IRAs, if you're over 59 and a half, were already penalty and tax-free. So while the CARES Act covers all IRAs and they give your, they're giving you a one-month or a one-year reprieve for your traditional IRAs or your Roth IRAs pre-59 and a half, all your pre-59 and a half, to not have a penalty, the Roths were, were always penalty, or, or always tax-free. And if you're over 59 and a half, everything was penalty-free. So not let's not act like because you can, you should. I've had several clients ask me about this. Should I be taking it out? And I say, do you need the money? And they say, no. Well, then why would you need to? Pot's legal in, in Michigan now. If you live in Michigan, are you going out and smoking daily now just because it's legal? No. There are places where the speed limit is 75. We were just driving up in Michigan. Speed limit is 75. If you're in a, a, a six-year-old Honda Odyssey like we were, 75 doesn't feel that good. You might want to still go 70 or 72. Yeah. Okay. Just because you can doesn't mean you should with a lot of things. And the same goes with this CARES Act. A lot of things in it. Just because you can just because you can liquidate your Roth IRA and not have a penalty and not have to pay tax, but that was always the case, does not mean you should liquidate all your investments. It doesn't it doesn't mean that by liquidating you you that that gives you the ability to change your investments. Your Roth IRA or your IRA could always change their investments. They can invest in anything. So don't feel like you have to liquidate an account just because the CARES Act tells you you're able to or you can. You don't have to. Okay, right. We take that for granted. Apparently, Bill O'Reilly doesn't know that. Bill O'Reilly doesn't know that that CARES Act really didn't change anything for Roth IRAs and shouldn't change anything for anyone who doesn't need the money. They put that in place so that you wouldn't get a 10% penalty if you absolutely needed it to live. But these IRA dollars are sacred and should be your retirement spending only. And if you happen to need it 
now for this year because you're out of work and you're in your working years, by all means. But if you're retired and you don't need the money anyway, we shouldn't be liquidating accounts. Right, right. No, and, and unless they come out and say the traditional IRAs are tax-free. No, I'm just kidding. They're, they're never going to do <laughs> they're that. They're never going to do that. <laughs> but, you know. In fact, I think the Roth IRA in, in our investing lifetime here will be done. Uh, you know, I think it's too good of a deal, and I think they'll say we're done with that. Well, I don't think they'll make people politicians are very short. They're very short term oriented. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Brad. I mean, they, they might say they don't like the the write off. You know, politicians don't care that the Roth IRA is going to be tax free 30 years down the road because they're not going to be around to, yeah. to have to deal with that. Yeah, that's true. So politicians, all they care about is right now. So they might mandate a certain percentage go into a Roth 401k or maybe do an encouragement to uh, convert to a Roth do some because sort of they, a, they want they, the they tax want the, dollar yeah they want today's tax dollars. they want the, the tax dollar so I think that that that's something that who knows I mean they they, they don't they don't ever think long term in the in the political world and so that's something that uh, we'll have to continue to pay attention to another one you're talking about your deceased self I see all the time people uh, tying up so much money into life insurance policies yeah and 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 they say well this is a pretty good deal you know and I, I say well you're never going to be alive to like this thing. No. Because if you die, fine, it's good. If you die early. But if you live a long life, it's not You'll a good You'll never investment. be alive to think it's a good investment or a good deal or no. <laughs> no. no it, the only way is if you live a long life. And if you live a long life, it's a bad deal. Because you should have you, invested I'll, it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And you would have had much less cost. So that's another one where people are so focused on what their deceased self would think. And uh, Social Security is a great example of that because I think that people – much too often take it too early and don't think boy it would be nice to have had that money when i'm 85 years old that extra monthly money and oh by the way i would have gotten a bigger increase on inflation as well. a good retirement plan is not die early and that should never be the case that's it for us this week thanks for listening we'll be back with you next week you've been listening to money sense brought to you each week by kirsten wealth management group to contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin professionally, call 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com, and their website is kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.